0: Would we'll ask you to turn in your Bibles to 2 Timothy, the New Testament. 2 Timothy chapter 3. I'll read verses 14 and 15, but the uh, the message really is on verse 15. And of course, uh, as you know, this epistle was written by the apostle Paul to his son in the faith, uh, to Timothy, to his who was a disciple Uh, who he had trained for the ministry and who was now pastoring a church himself in the city of Ephesus. So uh, these are words uh, to a young minister, but they uh, affect all of us and encourage all of us. Beginning in verse 14 of chapter 3, Paul says, But as for you, continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the living God, and may God write it on our hearts, and may He speak uh, clearly to us so that we understand. Let us pray. Lord, would you speak to us, would you enable us to hear and not mistake the voice of God in the word uh, that is read and preached today, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Paul said in verse 14, Timothy, continue in what you have learned and been assured of. So, uh, he had learned, of course, the things of God from his mother from his grandmother, even when he was very young. Uh, and, and so uh, this verse urges all of us, really, whenever we began to first learn and hear the word of God, it urges all of us to continue in that word. We do not graduate from the school of Christ. And the scriptures are very important. Why are they so important? Why should we keep studying the scriptures? Uh, um, Well, first of all, they're inspired by God because God Himself has spoken. We'll look more at that, uh, the doctrine of inspiration, next week. But uh, they're important because they are the words of God. But what has God said in the Word that's so important? Why do we need to? uh, What is it that we need to listen to and think about? Well, there's lots of vital truths for us in the Bible, of course, but the main thing, the central doctrine of the Bible is the salvation or redemption that comes to God's people uh, in and through uh, the person and work of Jesus Christ. And uh, so today we're going to examine that that central truth, why the scriptures were given to bring us into uh, the state of salvation Uh, In the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible alone, in fact, gives us, uh, teaches us the way of salvation. There is not a soul on this earth that that knows, that would know the way of salvation if there were not, uh, if they had not been given the Bible, the good news of, of the word of God. And so as we study verse 15, we'll look at several features of the scriptures. And in the end, how do they make us wise for salvation? Three points saying the first one is that the scriptures can and should be taught uh, to the very young. They can and should be taught as early as possible. Paul said from childhood, you've known the scriptures. And he was uh, simply stating a fact, of course, that Timothy already knew he wasn't telling him anything he didn't know. And back in Second Timothy 1 verse 5, Paul had said, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that's in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois uh, and your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded is in you also. So his mother and his grandmother taught him the word of God. It's not just ministers of the gospel that are important in this game of Christ's kingdom. Uh, It's mothers and grandmothers, it's fathers and grandfathers who uh, are given uh, children to bring up in the faith. Now, The scriptures, of course, are needed by all ages. Just because uh, you you didn't hear the word of God when you were young uh, doesn't mean you don't need it now. We all need it, young and old, men and women. Sinners and saints, we all need the Bible. But the best time, of course, to learn the Bible is early on in life. The best time to learn is as soon as possible, we might say. Um, it's instructive to note that the Greek word he uses here for childhood uh, is, is unique. He could have used a number of different words that mean a small child or a young child. But he chose a particular Greek word, brephos, in verse 15. And it means an infant Or even can refer to an unborn child. In the Gospel of Luke, we think about this, uh, the unborn. Mary visits Elizabeth, her cousin, who was with child. In Luke 1.44, Elizabeth said to Mary, For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. We know the child she was carrying was John the Baptist. She was six months along. And there was some kind of recognition from this baby, uh, as the mother Mary, mother of Christ, uh, spoke to Elizabeth, uh, the child responded. We're told from research, scientific research, that uh, the child that's in the womb can can differentiate voices and recognize them. Um, and and then, if that's possible, of course, that unborn children can somehow respond uh, to. God, to his word, to, uh, to his presence, that, uh, that, that those who have already been born, uh, young children, uh, should be taught uh, the word of God, exposed to the scriptures. And in Old Testament times, the devout Israelites were told that they needed to teach their children the scriptures. And we find this in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 and 7. Moses wrote and these words, which I command you today shall be in your heart. First of all, they need the commandments, the words of God need to be in our hearts. But you shall teach them diligently to your children and you shall talk to them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. So as parents, we have a great responsibility. We have a great privilege uh, to teach children in the home. Uh, but also to bring them into the worship service, bring them into the church of the Lord. Uh, in the Old Testament, when the Israelites assembled uh, for worship, when they had these large assemblies, uh, they brought the little ones with them. Again, going back to Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 12, gather the people together, men and women and little ones, and the stranger who's within your gates, that they may hear that they may learn to fear the Lord your God and carefully observe all the words of this law. And so God has always uh, desired that the little ones be taught. We see how Jesus himself responded uh, when the little ones were brought to him and the disciples wanted to, to shove them away. And get rid of them. And Jesus said, uh, don't forbid them to come. You don't know what you're talking about. Of such is the kingdom of God. Um, Charles Purgent noted that during the first months of a child's life, he learns more than we imagine. The Holy Scripture may be learned by children as soon as they're capable of understanding anything. And, uh, and so Timothy knew the Scriptures from infancy. And children Are never too young uh, to be taught uh, to learn some of the truths of God's word. You know, the the heart of a child is often tender and ready to receive the word. And that's, of course, how our hearts need to be as well. And so give thanks if you were taught the the word of God uh, when you were young. Uh, Give thanks if God has enabled you to have a part in teaching others. And uh, we pray that those seeds that have been planted, not only in our own hearts, but in our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren, will bear fruit. And uh, that God would bless that word to them. Uh, the future of this nation, the future of uh, our society, we would say, we always say this, that it lies in the next generation and the children. So let's pray uh, for uh, the young and let's do what we can to give them the word but secondly uh, not only should we teach the word to the very young god wants all of us to learn to reverence the scriptures to reverence his word paul refers to the bible he uses a unique phrase it's it's uh, you know a lot of bibles you'll see you'll you see on the outside it says holy bible right here i have a holy bible well, every Bible has, is a holy Bible, isn't it? Uh, that's what Paul said. The, the holy scriptures. Uh, the phrase can be translated sacred writings. The word holy uh, or sacred used here is is not the typical one that we uh, is seen in the New Testament that talks about being separated unto God. That's one word for holiness, hagios. There's another word I can't remember. Uh, what, what that exact word is but it's a word associated with the temple things that are consecrated and uh, are considered sacred um, you know like you would have the sacred altar and the sacred breastplate of the priests and so on Well, the word of God is sacred the scriptures are sacred they are to be handled uh, and honored as holy because God is holy and 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 they are the very words of God uh, in, in Psalm 138, David wrote, he says, you have magnified your word above all your name. And that's a challenging verse to consider. Uh, first, because it can be difficult to translate from the Hebrew. But the New King James says, you have magnified your word above all your name. And I think what it's saying is that the word of God, you see, God has manifested himself in many ways. But the Word of God is, is is the highest and the clearest expression of the person and the works of God. And Barnes' New Testament commentary puts it this way, that the meaning would be that the Word of God, the revelation which he's made of himself and of his gracious purchases to mankind, is superior in clearness and importance to all the other manifestations which he's made. Of himself and all that can be known of him even in his work. So uh, God has revealed himself in many ways in the past. And, and, and we read of those in the scriptures. But uh, our confession of faith, the very first chapter of that confession, uh, says this in the first section. It says that please the Lord at sundry times and diverse manners to reveal himself and declare his will unto his church and afterwards for the better preserving and propagating of the truth to commit the same holy unto writing, which makes the holy scriptures to be most necessary, the former ways of God's revealing his will unto his people now being ceased. In other words, there were many uh, miraculous uh, events and revelations, theophanies and so forth uh, in, in throughout you know the the old days, but when God began to give us His word written when it was written down for us, then these scriptures, these holy scriptures superseded even those uh, manifestations of God. Imagine this, imagine you were with the, the people of Israel as you had been delivered out of Egypt, and you're standing at the edge of the Red Sea. and Pharaoh's army Pharaoh's army is behind you about to overtake you. Except for that great uh, pillar of fire by day, uh, by night, and cloud by day, and so they witnessed this incredible miracle. As Moses said, "Stand still and see the salvation of God." And the uh, the waters of the Red Sea parted, and they walked through, uh, uh, you know, on dry land. Imagine uh, the awe uh, and the, and the sacredness of that moment uh, that it held for those people, and yet. The Bible we hold in our hands reveals more about God than that event did to the Israelites in that day. We have far more revealed to us in Scripture uh, than they had even standing at the Red Sea. We say, oh, if I saw a miracle, then my life would be transformed and I would just really live all out for the Lord. Well, how did, it, how did those, that generation do in the wilderness after they saw that great miracle and saw many other miracles, the, the the miraculous provision of manna and so forth? Well, the bottom line is that the word of God is, is superior even to uh, these kinds of things. And so uh, hold it in great awe and respect because it is his word. Paul said, you have known the Holy Scriptures. And we've talked about this before. God wants us to know him. To understand Him, and we do that by understanding the Scriptures. The Bible is a deep ocean of truth. You can never get to the bottom of it. And the Bible is a deep mind. And there's always more jewels uh, to discover. The deeper you go into the Bible, uh, the more you discover. And so it is the textbook for life, for this life, and for the life to come. Earlier in this epistle, uh, Timothy was urged to press on in his knowledge of the Scripture. Study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman who does not need to be ashamed, rightly divining the word of truth. You say, well, I'm not a pastor, I don't have to do that. Well, again, uh, God has, has given you this privilege of knowing him. If you're indifferent to the Bible, you really are saying, I don't really, I'm not interested in knowing God. It's all about him. So how well do you know the scriptures? Uh, and it's not just about knowledge, right? That knowledge is given to us so that it might be turned into wisdom. Uh, the scriptures, Paul said, are able to make you wise. Ha- ha- has your knowledge of the Bible made you wise? And we study the Bible and pray that we'll become wise. Proverbs 1.7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. So we need this reverence for God's word so that we come to it not just letting it fill our minds, but change our lives and make us wise people who live in wisdom and in reverence for God, for his word, and in the fear of the Lord. So sometimes we who have learned scripture and then been taught it for many years uh, can become overly familiar with it. And uh, we've, I've heard that story many, many times, right? Uh, there's nothing new I can learn. Well, and we must not lose our reverence for God. We, we must not become so familiar with God and His Word that we lose our reverence uh, for it. We hold in our hands the very inspired words of God. God wants to continue through that Word to speak to us. On a daily basis. Every time we open it. Every time we read it. Every time we hear it. God is speaking. What a privilege we have. Uh, And we should never neglect the word consequently. Scripture is holy. It's sacred. and, and And it's given to us. So we need to receive it. We need to reverence it. We need to believe it. We need to live by it. Lastly, thirdly, in this verse we learn that Scripture makes us wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. This is the number one thing that it does. It's not the only thing, as we'll see next week. But it, it, the greatest part of wisdom in this world, greatest part of wisdom is to first to understand that you are a lost sinner in need of salvation. And to know how and where to find that salvation, and of course the Bible gives us, that knowledge, that we find that salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. And if that is true, that the greatest part of wisdom in this world is to understand you're a lost sinner in need of salvation and you go to the Bible to find it, then how few wise people there really are in this world. If you have trusted in Jesus Christ, received Him by faith, uh, God has made you wise. You may not think of yourself as a wise person, but you are far wiser, than that that professor down at the university down the road who, who believes in his own wisdom and his own knowledge, the Bible says that God has made the wisdom of this world foolishness, and that the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom. There is no foolishness with God, of course. Um, <clears throat> but the greatest part of wisdom is to know your sin and to know your Savior. And the Bible alone gives us that message. And Paul's reminding him how he came in, how Timothy came into possession of that message and of of salvation itself, because he was taught the scriptures, taught the way that Christ saves sinners. Um, You know, people know human beings know instinctively that there is a God. They suppress that truth. Yes, people know instinctively that they are guilty. And, and deserve some kind of judgment from God. Again, they suppress that truth. Romans 1 talks about that. But no man by nature has any idea of how they might be forgiven of that sin. Or how they might be saved from that sin. Until they hear the gospel. Read Romans chapter 10. How shall they hear without a preacher? How will, that, how will they hear that preacher unless that preacher is sent? For faith comes by hearing and hearing the word God. Of God. So the Bible alone reveals the way of salvation. And anything outside of the Bible is just conjecture. And that's what we see. They, the, the other world religions are just guessing at how they might be saved. And every one of them have guessed wrongly because they guess by works, that it's by works. Some kind of work, whether it's a religious work of devotion or doing good works. Somehow that might get me into heaven. The Bible says no to all of that. It tells us the only way is Jesus Christ. The only way is faith in Him. So the Bible made Timothy wise for salvation and the scriptures that he had, of course, that he grew up with were the Old Testament scriptures. Think about that. Yes, people in Old Testament times heard the gospel of Jesus. They read about Jesus in the Old Testament and they believed in Him who was to come. Uh, We think of... Uh, Abraham, Romans 4, 3, talks about, it says, what does Scripture say? Abraham believed God, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Timothy believed God, it was accounted to him for righteousness as well. And and so when you and I read the Old Testament, we need to learn to see Jesus Christ in that part of the Bible. And so, um, Timothy not only heard the Old Testament Scriptures, but he was in that period of transition when... The, the New Testament scriptures were being written. In fact, this very letter he receives from Paul, the apostle, is the written word of God. But he had heard also, before that, heard Paul preach and expound the gospel from the Old Testament. And that's when he was converted. So the goal of, of gospel preaching and the purpose of Holy Scripture is that a person might receive salvation by receiving Jesus by faith. That's not all scriptures for, but that is uh, the very heart of the Bible's message. So, uh, do you have saving faith in Jesus Christ this morning? And if so, how did you get that faith? Well, I, I know where you got it. You got it from God. Faith is a gift of God. You got it from the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, by means of the Scriptures. Saving faith. Uh, it, it, the very definition of that faith, we would say, is to believe what God says in his word. Uh, faith, saving faith is to believe what God said about his son in his word. And the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. James 1.18 says of his own will he brought us forth with the word of truth. So it's God's word that he uses as an instrument in our lives uh, to bring about uh, a new birth and to bring saving faith. Uh, James said it's the word of truth. And so unless you and I, unless someone hears uh, what the Bible teaches about salvation, uh, then they will not believe and be saved. So it's vital, vital that we hear this truth. And what does the Bible teach about salvation? Well, it, it, it teaches, first of all, why we need to be saved, Right? Uh, again, this is not, people know they're guilty, they, they somehow understand there's a God, but, but they don't really understand the, the, um, the depth of that sin and what it does that we actually deserve to be separated from God. Your sins have separated you from God, said Isaiah. Paul said in Romans, the wages of sin is death. So we deserve death, hell, and eternal separation from God. Romans says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And and, and there's none who are exempt from this. And the world wants to say, even though deep down it knows that they're they're guilty, they want to say that, that man is basically good. But Scripture says that the heart of man is deceitful and wicked, and that all like sheep have gone astray, and everyone has turned to his own way. The good news, of course, is is as Isaiah says at the end of that verse, that the Lord has laid on Him, the Messiah, the iniquity of us all. So it's in Scripture alone that we learn that God sent His Son, God the Son, in human flesh to live a perfect life and to die and suffer for our sins. In the Bible we learn, as Peter wrote, that Jesus wore our sins in His own body on the tree. And in scriptures, we also learn not only what Christ did, but what is our response? What's the required response for those who would be saved? Well, the the Philippian jailer said, what must I do to be saved? And Paul says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And verse 15 of our text rightly says, salvation comes through faith, which is in Christ. Christ Jesus so uh, scripture tells us that it's faith alone it tells us that it is a faith that repents of sin as it turns and trusts in Christ in Romans six twenty three. yes the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord and if you have the son 1 John 5 says you have eternal life The Bible says that God sent his son into the world, that Christ died for sins because he loves us. That's a that's part of the gospel. And uh, we you guys saying without me last week, Jesus loves me. This I know. Right. Because the Bible tells me so. The Bible tells me that that God so loved the world, uh, that God demonstrates his love for us. That while we were sinners, Christ died for us. So. Uh, he gave His Son that we would not perish. He gave His Son because He loves us. And, and all who know the Lord Jesus Christ by faith have experienced that love, that joy of salvation. But like David in the Old Testament, as we read in Psalm 51, he had uh, sinned and lost the joy of the salvation. He says, restore to me that joy. This is what I pray that God will do for us today as we meet around the Lord's table as we come. And remember uh, what He has done for us. Uh, Romans 8 tells us, I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So uh, the Lord has loved us. And he will never stop loving us. He's loved us with an everlasting love. And what he has done for us is all about his love for us. Well, Jesus taught us as we close that to be converted to him is to become like a little child. Going back to this this whole image of being a child. One who trusts in the word of his father. And who knows the love of his father. And the Scriptures are able to make you wise for salvation, whether you're young or old. And the Scriptures are also able to renew your faith and your confidence and your joy in that salvation. The Lord's Supper is the same message that we've been preaching. It is the Gospel made visible. And, of course, the Word of God is superior to the Lord's Table. But the Lord's Table was given to us, and we're taught about it in the Word. And so that's why we do what Christ has commanded us to do. That's how we understand. If there was no explanation in the Word of God, we wouldn't know what what it meant. But God's given us His Word to explain it, and He's commanded us to observe it, to remember His death until He comes again. So I'm going to ask the elders now to come forward. As we uh, transition from the sermon, uh, the written word, to this visible word of the Lord's table.